Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the back seat. Check the back seat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? There is a better way. Start the new year with otter.ai. Automatically get meeting notes. Otter.ai works for virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores. Otter.ai. That's O-T-T-E-R A-I. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I'm Micheline Malouf. And I'm Nadia Desi, licensed therapists and hosts of Getting Better, Stories of Mental Health. Join us for discussions with Megan Trainer, Chris Bosch, Rebel Wilson, and more. From discussing motherhood to immigrating to general mental health, our guests are awe-inspiring. We all struggle with the same things, so let's talk about it and destigmatize them. Find our new podcast, Getting Better, Stories of Mental Health, on iHeart, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over $300 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and living their very best lives through their passion. And that's what I'm doing for you right now. I want you to understand your passion, your gift, can be achieved when you listen to Money Making Conversation because I'll be dropping nuggets. My guests would be dropping information. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life is going to present you. That is what Money Making Conversation is all about. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to listen to that about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. My next guest, wow, very happy to have him on the show. My next guest, I, I would like to say my first, I want to say my officially my first celebrity friend. He was my first celebrity friend in Los Angeles when I moved to Los Angeles in 1990. My next guest performed every weekend, five shows, stand-up comedy shows, that is, a day on 
Venice Beach from 1986 to 1995. See, I moved out to L.A. in 1990 and was rightfully dubbed the king of Venice Beach. He has built an exciting acting resume that includes Blackish, House Party 3, Norbit. He was funny as heck at Norbit. The Prince and the Frog and his role as Mr. Whitaker on the classic hit television series, Martin. He's coming on the show to talk about his career and his very funny third book, Michael Gold's Motivational. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, my man, Michael Collier. <laughs> Good morning, brother. Michael Collier, you know, um, you know, it's, 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 it's nothing but happiness and memories about our relationship. Uh, you helped me launch my comedy club in Houston in 1992. When you come down there and perform, uh, one of the big names I was able to convince to come to Houston, Texas and, and headline my show and and just but you've always been a giving guy. And when I read your read your book, I understand I can understand where it came from, the, the nature of uh, growing up in Chicago and, and and having less but giving more. That was that seemed to be the 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 the, the signal of your whole life, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really believe that it's all about giving. You know, if you want to have something, you got to learn to give all to all. If you give everything to everybody, you'll have so much stuff, you won't have no place to put it, man. And you didn't. And so let's, let's break down your family dynamic, you know, your father. Uh, you know, let's talk about this book, first of all. The book I'm talking about is uh, <clears throat> Michael Gold's Motivational. It's his third book. And it's a very honest book. You talk about your mom relationship with your father, which oftentimes was physical, but your mom was really the physical person in that domestic relationship. Uh, you talk about being whooped. They you were talk, getting into battles. Yes, to get into they battles. Were, you talk but about. They were getting into battles because of his alcoholism, right. you know, and and that's something that carried over to our lives. To right. me and my my brothers, you know, we all end up having some type of addiction, mm-hmm. and our addiction began came honestly, you mm-hmm. know, because my dad was an addict, mm-hmm. and his addiction was alcoholism. And he was just a beautiful man that we just absolutely loved. But he loved that bottle, man. You right. know, and I mean, if he could, he'd stick his thing in that bottle. That bottle was his thing, you right. know. Mm-hmm. And 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 my mother loved him, but he'd drink up all the profit. Right. So, you know, he'd come home and we wouldn't have nothing. He'd be bubbling. And he, we was one of them happy drunks, too, though, the kind that didn't <laughs> just drink for himself, but he wanted to treat everybody else. Right. So right. we'd be at sitting at the whole house break broke. My mom and him would get into a fight. Like I said, she wouldn't she wouldn't really fight her. She'd fight him. And she was five foot even, he was six foot three. Right. And she would attack him, you know, and he would never fight her. He'd hold her to mm-hmm. keep from getting hurt. You right, know, right, um, right, right, right. But right. she just she just really loved him. Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, Mike. This is your moment with my on my show, Money Making Conversation, because it's your book and I want to help promote the book. I read the book. Everything's very fresh in my mind. Because it's a very vivid book, you know. Let me just, some things that just stood out for me, you know, seven years old, you know, at Star Foods, you know, those 40 ounces that you was, uh, you know, yes. taking to the house. That, I'm tell you, that you, was my first hustle. That was your first hustle. Your second hustle was Columbia Records Club. I'm going to tell you something, man. <laughs> you brought back so many memories, man. I forgot about Columbia Records, man. I, I, oh, you remember it? I'm going to tell you something, man. When, you, when I was reading your book and you came up to Columbia Records Club, I went, Oh my God! I remember that <laughs> you joined. And they sent you all these albums, and then it was for like eleven cents or something like that. Tell eleven cents for eleven albums, man! It was unbelievable. I, you know, 
And then I, each time I would send for them, I just changed my name. Cause you know, I was sent for the 11 albums and then I take them across the street and sell them at the, at the grade school to the teachers for like $3 each. Right. So I was, I was cleaning up. And then after I sold them the first time, I'd come back and change my name. So first I do it as Michael Kaya, then Michael Keith, then Keith Michaels, then Keith <laughs> Kaya, then Kaya Michael. Then I changed the letters around to Raylock, let them Raylock. I did it about 11 times before they finally caught on. They kept sending packages to the same address, and it's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we gonna cut that off. But what a great hustle that was, brother! But, I mean, you know? this is why I so enjoyed your book because of the fact that it was just bringing back, you know, your 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 car, Buick LeSabre. Man, yeah, nineteen sixty-seven Buick LeSabre, brother. It was like, I'm, you, you know, know I, I I couldn't help but just keep smiling when I kept getting the different sections of the book, and I was going like. Man, this is like memory lane, just talking this. And you was in Chicago, and I grew up in Houston, but we we were basically the same age. But we were still living yeah. the life and enjoying moments, you know, hot water cornbread, buttermilk. See, I'm telling you something. The only thing I took offense on in your book, man, your daddy uh-huh. loved buttermilk. I love buttermilk. My cry. My cry. I couldn't do buttermilk. Ain't buttermilk spoiled milk? It doesn't matter. You put some sugar in that bad boy? You put some sugar in that bad boy? It doesn't matter. My daddy would dip this cornbread in that buttermilk. And you would have thought he was a kid in the ice cream store. He was just happy as he could be. I was like, I'm not having no buttermilk now. But what about low on the hog? Did you eat low on the hog? Did you eat pig feet? I'm pig feet. I'm going to hog head uh-uh. cheese. See, I'm just chitlins. See, Mike, I'm just letting you Wait, know. Wait, I ain't do chitlins, but I love hog head cheese now. Hey, the hog, hog head cheese was good. The hog head cheese may be a little bit worse than chitlins. I'm just telling you, <laughs> and I ate both of them. I, now, I can still eat chitlins today, but I can't mess with no hog head cheese and crackers. I can't even mess with that no more. Um, my pig my feet, father I can't would come that. in with pig feet, and apparently you had to purchase them by the pair. Yes, you so did. So he would come in with pairs of, and the hair would still be on. Yes, 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 And yes. then he would have them wrapped in newspaper. It wasn't even like, it wasn't even like brown butcher's paper. It was just newspaper. They wrap them in. And he'd come and lay them on the front room floor and unopen the paper like he was opening a wonderful floral gift. Oh and it would be like four or five sets of PXP. I just run away from home. I just go. I just run out the door and start running. You know, uh, I wouldn't come back till they finish eating them, though. You know, my daddy always sent my brothers to come and catch me because I was always running west. Right. Thinking I was coming to Hollywood, but I was really just going west on 43rd Street. You know, and they'd always just go west on 43rd. You'll get it. My brother come and pick me up, bring me home. I take my whooping and we call it a day. That was so funny you said because it's just an inch on the map. So I thought I could oh, make man. it. Oh, man. You had a distance you, from you, Chicago to California, Hollywood. It's was just one, one inch. inch on the map. I didn't know that meant 30, 30 I mean, 3,000 miles, man. Wow. Hey, hey Mike, I'm going to tell you uh, something, man. This book, I'm just letting everybody know. I'm talking to Michael Collier, uh, the famous Michael Collier, the, the Venice Beach King, you. Michael Collier, that gave his uh, donate, 50% of his donations when he won Star Trek, uh, Star, Star, uh, Star Search, Michael Collier. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Michael, you know, when I when I look at our relationship, I'm going to just get personal right now. When I met All Michael right. Carrier, Michael Carrier basically took me on his wings because Michael Carrier was famous when I met him. Okay, he was famous, okay? Mm-hmm. He would walk up to all the agencies and he, he'd walk me in there with him. And, I could, I would, and that's why I kind of like learned a lot of things, how, to, how to, the skills that I learned later on as a manager and doing contracts was when I was the, with him. And he would just talk. 
and he and I just see the agents and how they would react to him. I was how they would put projects together, and it was really inspirational just to see what you were accomplishing, and you was doing it. You were just doing it from a guy who had a vision who came from Chicago and started performing on the beach. And that idea came from some guys that you was watching in Chicago who was doing street performing. And you saw them getting money. You say, hey, because at the time you said mm-hmm. you never tell jokes on the street. But you saw those two guys oh. performing and the checks they were getting or the cash they were getting. That changed your mind. Correct. In Chicago. Exactly. Exactly. And they, I mean, because I was on stages. I was getting on little bitty stages, making third hours here. Forty dollars there, and they was like, "Oh, you should come out in the street and do street performance." I was like, "Dude, I ain't no damn street puppet. I'm not gonna sit on the street begging people to give me money." And then I stood and watched them one day, and they filled this little brown bag up with money. I was like, "Oh Lord, I got to at least try this," you know. And mm-hmm. it changed my entire life. That was nineteen. Uh, that was nineteen eighty five. Right. And it changed my life because immediately I became one of the best street performers in Chicago. And I made so much money, then, you know, winter came. And wasn't nobody trying to hit no jokes on State Street in December, you know? So that's what encouraged me to go to California, where I thought it was warm all year round. And I found Venice Beach, man. And, I mean, those nine years, from 1986 to 95, defined me as a human being. It actually defined me. Well, you know, let's, let's describe exactly for people to know what was going on here, okay? It wasn't like a small crowd, like... You know, at Venice Beach, in Venice Beach, if you go there, if you go to California, you got to go to Venice Beach. This is like a walking yeah. entertainment. And it, anything that you have heard about Venice Beach, the Muscle Beach is still there. Okay. It's still uh, there. Women walking around, scantily clad in bikinis, they do that. Okay. Uh, yes. They roller skating down on uh, in bikinis, they do that. Okay. Uh, in, in thongs. In thongs. They do that. And and, th- and that's the men. No, just the women. And so 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 imagine me, you know, this big huge crowd. I'm talking about I would have to say anywhere from three to four hundred people so just in a big crowd. And he had this mm-hmm. young man, young man in the middle of them, just entertaining them. And and I mean, for that said what you that said was about about anywhere from about 40 minutes, wasn't it, Michael, that you were out there? Yeah, yeah. Each, each show was an hour. I would do 40 minutes of comedy and then 20 minutes to get my money. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. And, and then he had the little, the little, you know, like he, he, boy, he was the funny money too. grabber. The money grabber, which you like the little, you know, when you walk around, you, you pick up trash off the off the ground. He right, had that. Right. He had that. I remember, Michael. And I would, I would look at this wow. guy and go, wow, how can he do that? Because I'm talking about, this is Venice Beach. So beautiful sunshine, you know. And, it, and so people have stopped what they were doing. And he held them. I mean, he said, come around, come around, around. And all of a sudden, the crowd would grow. And then, then more people would come. And then in the end, he got his money and he went on about his business. Michael, how did you do it, man? What The amount of concentration you had to have to be able to perform like that in an event where sunny skies, pretty women, muscle beach, food. Loud music, other competitors out there performing on the streets. How did you pull it off? And then here's the funny part. I, I was asked Mike. I said, Mike, because you had to get your spot, and he had to, he had the same spot all the time. Because you, yeah. And so he said, No, no, Rashawn, I got, I, I pay somebody. They come there and get my spot early. So it's secure. No, I had to come. I mostly came early on my own. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I wish I could have done that one. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have paid somebody. I was too stupid for that. Mm-hmm. I would come early enough. 
And it causes a funny story about that. And like, uh-huh. just to give a quick, quick recap of it, I would go every Saturday and Sunday and I'd work from noon until 5 p.m. Right. Roughly five one hour shows. Mm-hmm. I'd be surrounded by anywhere from three to 700 people. Mm-hmm. And I did it through necessity. Cause yeah. when I got to California, I thought I was going to hit clubs mm-hmm. and make money and that wasn't happening. <laughs> and then I went to Venice Beach and white folks would come up and put money right in the basket. I right. mean, I, I didn't have to steal nothing. I had to cheat. All I had to do was tell a couple of jokes. And so I started out trying to go every single day. I tried to do every day out there, but it, I, I discovered from working it that the money was only there on the weekends. Right. And the money was really only there from noon until five because mm-hmm. after five o'clock, uh, all the white folks left and took their money with them. Right. And the brothers and the Hispanics <laughs> would come out with bad attitudes and pistols. So it wasn't really no need to stay there after that. And then <laughs> folks didn't show up until noon. Absolutely. You know, they start coming Absolutely. through that. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just, I was just enjoying because you're taking me back down oh, yeah. memory lane because of the fact that everything he said, like I said, I didn't, I didn't, that 700 uh, number was not a lie, y'all. It was like people were peeping over, over, uh, people were sitting oh, on top yeah. of each other's shoulders so they could see the show because he was, he was just surrounded and he had enough space to be able to entertain himself. And then sometimes, now, then sometimes you offer, like, wouldn't you let other people perform sometimes during your set sometimes because you, you yeah, had, every now and then another artist would come along, even the great Charlie Barnett, who yes. was a great street performer mm-hmm. in New York. He came out and did it once. There's two kids, two year old comic guys named Seymour. I can't think of the other guy's name. And they went on and they're really famous. They're in Vegas now doing comedy and people will come through. But you know, a lot of people was working Venice Beach then. R. Kelly right. came out there for about six months before he made his big hit. Right. The boys mm-hmm. became famous while they were out there. And you know, so a lot of artists came out and did their thing. And you know, but the thing was to be able to stay, to be able to stick with it and go year after year after year. So the first year, I was sort of figuring it out. By the right. end of the first year, I was teaching other people how to do it, right. how to get their money, you know, how to, to collect the money <laughs> as well as do the work. Because it is show business. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. About, if you ain't getting paid, then you just out there. It's a craft. Right. It's not a job. But for me, it was a job. So I had to also make the money. Right. You know, and I would get people to compete with each other to pay me. Mm-hmm. So I would go group by group. And I say, when I say up, up, you put your money in the air and scream, yo, and I'm going to take this money, grab it, I'm going to pull the money out of the air. Now, if you get a five dollar bill, people going to applaud. If you right. get a 10, we're going to cheer. If you give me a 20, we going to go crazy. So people would pull out bigger and bigger bills to get more recognition. Then when I go to the second group, I say, I know you're not going to take this off of them. I know y'all gonna do better than them. So they would try to beat each other. It would come times when sometimes Crips and the Bloods would come out and they would take different sides and try to outspend each other. Right, they right. try to see who could put the most money in the basket. So it became a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. And every time I was the winner because I went home with the basket, you know. <laughs> and and the, the thing is, is this summer, I'm going back out, uh, hopefully in June, to shoot it as a one-hour special. I'm building a stage for myself that looks like a king's crown. Right. I stand in the middle of that crown. Right. And I'm going to do a one-hour comedy show called The King of Venice Beach. Oh, wow. So right now, we're in the process of, of seeking folks to help actually come up with that funding. Right. But it's going to happen. Oh, that my June, man. I'm shooting that. Oh, you know? my man. That, that's going to be special. That's going to be a lot of special. Speaking to Michael Collier, he really is the king of Venice Beach. He's, uh, a gentleman that shaped my early years of what Hollywood could be, would be, and should be. We'll be back more talking about his new book, his third book, in fact, Michael Gold's Motivational.
It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to midnight mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. Send warm wishes with cozy fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. Or treat them to everyone's favorite activewear from top brands like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide committed to the health and well-being of our communities. No matter how you celebrate, when you shop at Kohl's, you're right where you belong. So this season, give with all your heart with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. Whether your event needed one room or an entire conference center, Hopin has revolutionized the way people come together. With Hopin, you can host a fully-fledged digital meetup complete with one-on-one meetings, hands-on sessions, and expo booths. And because everything is hosted in a single, easy-to-use platform, it can be as big or small as you want, remain convenient for anyone who wants to attend, and give you access to data you never would have known otherwise. Visit Hopin.com to learn more and get started. Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? Start the new year with otter.ai to generate automatic notes for meetings, interviews, or lectures. With otter.ai, you can search the meeting notes, insert images, play back the audio, and share them with your friends or coworkers. You can capture action items, remember meeting details, and keep everyone informed. Otter.ai works for in-person or virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up for free at otter.ai or download the app for free. Otter.ai, that's O. Hi, this is Rashad McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversations on the phone with a very talented, uh, legendary uh, king of Venice Beach, uh, Michael Collier. He was on Venice Beach. I, I moved to L.A. in 1990. He had already spent four years on the beach at that time, and the crowd was already surrounding him. So from 1986 to 1995, he built an incredible legacy of a, a street performer. That's a street performer out there. Something that started in the streets of Chicago. He brought it down in 85, hopped in that uh, 1967 uh, Buick Le Sabre. Boy, that's a car with some memories right there. Buick Le Sabre. Move. Man, and came on down and uh, finally got, finally realized that inch was 3,000 miles and came to California <laughs> and, and, and made and, and, and the blessings of it. But let's go back a little bit about your family because your family shaped you, Michael, and you talk about it in your book. Uh, Michael Gold's uh, motivational. You talk about your oldest brother who, uh, out of frustration, he joined the army, went to Vietnam. He was only 16, told him he was 17. He went over there and became a sniper. Uh, you talk about wow. the, the, the impact of, uh, of you know, because it was five boys. You know, your, your father, who was a That's great right. man, you know, 6'3", handsome guy. He was a tailor. You know, so now I understand, I understand your look now. I understand your look now. Because Michael was another person out there. He always was sharp. I never understood why he was always sharp, but I understand that And that that came from the family. My daddy was sharp. And so my oldest brother, Dave Jr., the one who went off to Nam, he too was so sharp. And he was really able to be sharp when he came back. Mm -hmm. Because being in the military, you know, he was able to go and get these clothes made from all over the world. He'd go to Korea and, you know, you can go to Korea and get a nice suit for $9, you know. And Mm -hmm. he'd go over there and he'd come back. And I mean, when 
when I was in high school, I, I knew I wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And so when I got out, I came right to California and I stayed with my big brother for a little while. Mm-hmm. And he had wall to wall clothing. I mean, suits from one end of the house to the other. Mm-hmm. He had shoes from one end to the other, hats, tennis rackets. And I was like, oh, I've got to do that when I grow up. And to this day, I just love dressing. I, I can't wait for an excuse or reason to dress up, you know? Right. And so I, yeah, so I get it from my dad, who well, was a, a tailor and a presser. In fact, we grew up in the projects in Chicago, Robert Taylor Home, 4352 South State, parking down on that. And the Jewish people... But these old Jewish businessmen would seek my father out right. to, mm-hmm. to fix clothes for them, to create suits for them and to, and to fix the clothing that they had, you know, because my dad knew about clothing and he was just a sharp dresser and a, a classy cat, you know. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no, this, because, I'm, because the, the reason I enjoy here, because this is what's in the book. This is the, that, that, yeah. that passion that you hear in Michael's voice. The storytelling. And so, you know, at the beginning of the book, he talks about, you know, it's going to be some typos. It's going to be some corrections. of this. Don't worry about that. And then then he repeats a Red Fox joke. That's what that cracked me up. You know, I know yeah. I said it earlier, but I'm a, it was so funny. I'm going to say it again, right? I'm a, I, just, I wanted to say it again. It was like, you know, when I'm, when I'm reading the book that you're doing, you know, I'm talking to Michael Collier. The book I'm talking about is Michael Goes, uh, Goes Motivational. It's his third book. Michael... This book, in the end, because you get really uh, spiritual, you really go to the motivation. You, and the reason I like it because of the fact that I think, in other words, in order for somebody to tell you why you should listen to my motivation, you need to listen to my journey. And your book is about a journey. Your book starts as a young kid and talk about, you know, your failures, you know, uh, you know, being rich several times over, a millionaire several times over, and, you know, and but it also shows uh, flaws. And I think that I, I, you you want to listen to the flaws or hear the flaws. So because like mm-hmm. I was talking about at the beginning of my show, I was talking about there they're going to be failures and they're going to be mountains. They're going to be valleys. And your book is about those valleys, correct? And how you uh, yeah. how you still see about, the mountaintop. About both of them, because mm-hmm. the balance of the universe mm-hmm. is that you, there are ups and downs. You know, I mean, a lot of people think that the road to success is linear. And rarely is it linear. Mm-hmm. It's always the ups and the downs. You know, mm-hmm. like I like to say, I've been rich three times, right. but mm-hmm. I've been broke 14. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm way more comfortable with broke than I am rich. Me and broke, like first cousins. We're right. on first name basis. I right. know how to make hot water cornbread from scratch. I know how to make cornmeal mush. Right, right. You know, and, right, right. and you probably don't know what, you know what cornmeal mush is? No, no. Hot water cornbread. See? Yes. Cornmeal mush? You don't know cornmeal mush? No, sir. No, sir. That's from Chicago. And cereal milk, did you? No, it's national. It's on the direction for cornmeal mush is on every box of cornmeal. When you can't afford cereal, Mm-hmm. You boil cornmeal in water. <laughs> you put in a pinch of salt okay. and milk and sugar and yum, yum, yum. I mean, my parents were so poor, they couldn't even afford to have kids. The lady next door had us. That's the Red <laughs> Fox Fox. joke. That's but, Red Fox. But, it's in the book twice. I love it. I love it. It's in the book twice. <laughs> and so we, so we, we, I knew poverty. I come from poverty. Right. 
But when I got to Venice, I learned money because people were just paying me, paying me, paying me, and I didn't have a bunch of responsibilities. All I had was cash. So, you know, after I had so much money and so many people knew me, that's when my addiction kicked in. Because, like I say, Robin Williams said the best cocaine is God's way of saying you're making too much damn money. And so I end up uh, starting slow, like most people, a little weed, then a little blow. Then uh, I found that crack rock, and oh, oh, oh. You know, I ended up spending 23 years in a, in a crack addiction. So right. as of two Sundays ago, as of March 1st, I now have nine years of pure sobriety. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you I lost more friends, more jobs, more opportunities than I can even name because of my addiction. In fact, I am certain that you recognize my addiction in a meeting I had with you. I had a very important lunch meeting Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. And I had been getting high all the night before. But see, people who are on drugs, they don't think nobody can tell they're getting high but them Mm -hmm. when they're getting high. Mm -hmm. And I showed up. I cleaned up. I freshened up. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there talking to you. And I know I was sweating like R. Kelly in the playground. And it wasn't even that hot. Mm-hmm. And and I know you was wondering why is this sweating like that, or maybe you wasn't wondering. Mm-hmm. Maybe you knew that right. it is the symptoms of that dance that I was doing mm-hmm. that threw my my whole game off its track. You right. know, right. and sometimes though you have to, the only way you can get around a thing is to go through it. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's and what you've so, done, and you you're absolutely correct when you say that, Michael. Is that mm-hmm. you know the journey, and that's why I tell people I. I I'm, I'm I'm unfortunate to see and be a part of his life and and know that when 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 he talks about twenty three years of hell and twenty three years of trying to find himself and twenty three years of making mistakes and being addiction that's what it goes that's why the book's important because he talks about his father's addiction to alcohol it's not something that <laughs> that you know that he wanted sometimes you know and we've learned that through science that that is that is part of that can be like a gene trait in you. And it's something mm-hmm. you have to be. If you're aware of it, then you then you then you look for it. But when you when you grow in that lifestyle, was it was so normal to see your dad, even though he was a he was a tailor, very skilled person. But he liked he liked being liked. So when he hang out with people, he buy them drinks. Exactly. And the money didn't come home because guess what? Everybody at the club or the night or the bar, <laughs> it had a better experience than he was going to bring home financially. And so wait, you said it best. Money didn't come home. <laughs> right, right. Didn't come home. You know that. I love that. I'm going to write that down. Money didn't come home. That's great. And that's, right. that, that's why your book was just so uh, so appealing to me and it was such relatable. When I, when I talk about, you talk about your mom was working at Spiegel Magazine. I'm going to tell you something. Mm, when I saw mm, Spiegel mm. Magazine, I said, boy, I said, if I could hit him, if I could be next to him, I'm going to hit him aside. Because <laughs> here's the thing that I find relatable. When you start talking about Tasty Freeze, you know, going out getting bananas, please. Wait, before we get to taste free, let's go back to Spiegel. So, do you remember the Spiegel catalog? Come on now, Michael. Michael. Michael what? Michael. And the back page yes, would sir. be all pictures of little puppies that you could buy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Spiegel. Oh magazine. my God, I love the Spiegel and and the the toy section. Yes, was out of this world. You know, I don't think I ever got any of that, but I loved looking at the, every. I couldn't wait for the Christmas issue of, of the Spiegel magazine, man. And Tasty Freeze. What you know about Tasty Freeze? You that need to chocolate stop. parfait. Come on, you Woo! need to stop. You need to stop. I'm gonna tell you, there were two great magazines when we came up. It was Sears magazine and it was Spiegel magazine. Now the Spiegel magazine, a li- little bit more fashionable. You know, a little bit was not as thick as the Sears magazine. 
She is robot. Right, right, right. But that Spiegel magazine, I think that was bigger oh. in the in the in the black community. The Spiegel magazine was our magazine. It was our magazine. Yeah. You know. That was our magazine, man. And we look forward to that, man. That was that was online shopping before there was online shopping. Thank you. You'd look at Thank that you. Spiegel magazine. Thank you know, oh, I you. gotta get the that Spiegel catalog. You had to have it. So you had to have stuff that was in there, you know? That's right, great. So, so yeah, it meant a lot to me. And that was my mama's first job. Right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that and, and that was the beginning of her liberation. Right. As well, you know, because she had to leave my dad. And she didn't have to leave him because she didn't love him. She loved my father, and he loved us. Mm-hmm. But my mother wanted more for her boys. Right. She didn't want us to spend the rest of our lives in the projects. She right. just wanted more for us. And what was really, really deep that I found out in writing this book, Rashawn, I got to tell you, I, it's a, it's a, a journey of self-discovery. Yes, there was so much stuff about my own family that I didn't know until I started writing this book. And that cra- it's crazy. My aunt That's crazy. Questions. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I mean, my mother ended up marrying Walter Smith, who was my stepfather. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that he was her first high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. That he she he took her to her first prom. He lived a block away from her. He was so deeply in love with her that he asked her father for her hand in marriage when she was 16. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, no, she's too young. <laughs> and so he went away and joined the Navy. Mm-hmm. And while he was gone, my mama ran into my father. Oh, he must have run into her several times because <laughs> she up and got pregnant. And that was it for Walter Smith. Walter Smith was out of her life. My mother went on to have four more kids by my father. Mm-hmm. They had five kids. 25 years later, when my mom was trying to get her life together, she'd have went to Spiegel's. She'd have made enough money to finally go to Sears mm-hmm. uh, driving school mm-hmm. and learn how to drive. Right. She went and bought our first car, a Woody, and she took that car out to get it serviced in Robbins, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And you know when you get your car serviced, uh, you send it in the back afterwards. They send it in the back and they wash it. She went back to get the car washed. And who do you think is washing the car? Her high school sweetheart, Walter Smith. And all I could think of is what went through my mama's head as she watched Walter rubbing and soaping and soaping and rubbing that car. I mean, they kicked it off like that 25 years had never passed. Amazing. And next thing you know, they were a couple again. She went home and told my father all bets were off. She was getting a divorce and marrying Walter Smith. And so she stayed with my dad for 25 years, you know, mm-hmm. and then she married her high school sweetheart who she stayed with until his death, you know, mm-hmm. and he was a great stepfather. Right. And we loved my father, you know, but we also understood what was going on. We watched the situation. We watched the constant fighting and my mother crying. We watched my father come staggering in the house and the money didn't come home. We watched all of that and we loved my dad. And I mean, maybe six months after they got divorced, my father up and died. Yeah, 51 years of age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 51. Mm -hmm. And I thought at first that it was from the complications from the diabetes, you know, which I'll call the sugar, Mm -hmm. uh, because he had diabetes and he shouldn't have been drinking at all, but he drank a fifth of booze a day Mm -hmm. and smoked three and a half pack of pale male cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And so I thought his heart exploded in his chest, but when I think about it more, I am certain that he died of a broken heart. Mm -hmm. He, He just loved my mother, man. And she loved him too, but she wanted more for her kids, man. You know, and sometimes the thing is over, it's over. And you got to move on, man. Right. You know? Well, that's the beauty of this book, Michael. That's the beauty of this book is that um, it's a journey. It's, it's, I would just let that, because when it was all air, he has to write a book about that whole 10-year run on Venice Beach. Because that's another book. That's another book. 
But this book, oh, that yeah. He, yeah. The, the book yeah. that he's, he's delivering to us called Michael Gets Motiv- Goes Motivational, excuse me, Goes Motivational. Uh, Mike, tell us how we can buy that book, first of all, for our going to my little. Well, you know, and next week it's supposed to go on sale through Amazon. Okay. You know, but uh, until then, you guys can always go to my webpage, okay. which is a very sexy webpage. Mm-hmm. It's called therealmichaelcallier.com. <laughs> and therealmichaelcallier.com, the webpage opens up. You know, I'm doing a play, as you know, uh, that's similar to the book, and it's called Michael Callier's Mama. And mm-hmm. so it's my whole journey, and I'm doing a 100-city uh, tour of that. So if you go on the webpage, you can hit a tab called Mama. Mm-hmm. And it'll open up and it'll show you scenes from the play. It'll show six minutes of the play and the story of the play. But it's also a store. And if you go to the store, it has the books. It all has all three of my books. I see it I right sell, here. I'm selling all kind of stuff. I got T-shirts, fish sandwiches. I'm selling everything. You laying on this white sofa all kicked back and got the hat on. That's right. That's all sexy. Right. Like you, know, you, so you, you sexy. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking at the cover. I told you. I got that. Was that a great, great coat, great T-shirt underneath with the was a great a silver uh, coat jacket you got on there? Michael Gold's motivational. I love That's it. Right. Man. You can go on and buy books, T-shirts, everything from the page, and you know you can hire me from that page. You know, right. Worksheet you can Absolutely. go on and say what you want. But mm-hmm. I love my web page. I love. Holler at a pimp, baby. Holler at a pimp. That's what I'm talking about. Holler at a pimp. That's right. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike, yes, you know, sir. thank you yes, for taking sir. the time to come on my show, man. It's um, it's a, it's a blessing to say that we could still have this conversation today. It's a blessing that allowed me to get that book in time for me to read it, to share my emotions that uh, wow. it takes from your, from your book, your journey. I got to thank you. Just let me take a moment to thank you, brother, because you really read this book and you really know this book. And there are those who will make me think that this book ain't, but... Most people watched it, read it, and they know it's, it's really a good story, that it's a journey. And like you said about life, life is a journey. It's not a, quit, it's not a trip. So quit tripping. It's a journey. Some, right. some people said to me, man, the universe has cursed me. Some people say the universe has blessed me. It doesn't do either one. The universe responds to your vibrations. Right. So whatever you're sending out is what the universe sends back to you. So it's called Michael Gold's Motivational because I'm trying to motivate people through comedy, you know, to a comedic form because I'm also doing motivational speaking around the country. Absolutely. And you reading the book and knowing those details <laughs> and loving it and knowing the wonderful journey it is, that means the world to me. And I watched you, young man, come from putting your club together to making your club one of the coldest clubs out there and then taking it from that to becoming one of the greatest managers and creators of talent that this town, as a matter of fact, this country has ever seen. So I thank you. I salute you and I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. You made not just my day, you made my year, brother. Thank I you, my thank friend. You, man. And to get that banner to me, because we're going to promote it on my social media. Got almost a million followers. So we're going to do you well, my friend, as well as promote this on our podcast and also my syndicate. I'm 27 markets nationwide. Again, Michael Carrier, thank you for doing my show. If you want to hear more Money Making Conversation interviews, go to MoneyMakingConversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Or support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide. Give with all your heart this season with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com.
Still living in 2021 and manually taking notes? There is a better way. Start the new year with otter.ai. Automatically get meeting notes. Otter.ai works for virtual meetings like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, and Google Meet. Sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores. Otter.ai. That's O-T-T-E-R A-I. Did you know Amazon provides ways of working that fit your lifestyle? They know you value your time outside of work, juggling family, school, friends, or other activities. That's why they offer a variety of shifts that work for you. There are full-time, part-time, and even temporary opportunities that can work with your schedule with great starting pay and sign-on bonuses. If you want a career that fits and adapts to your lifestyle, head to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer.